Hey guys, it's Timmy and this is Rustling Unlimited as we are here on the 31st of July 2022 to talk about everything that went down on the entire card of Ric Flair's last match. Now we're talking about the whole show minus the pre-show. I didn't see the pre-show because I didn't know that there were going to be any matches on the pre-show, which means that I didn't do my homework and my due diligence beforehand. Also, I do want to apologize. I'm losing my voice. I don't know what happened. Woke up this morning and sounded like this. So if I sound weird, I do apologize. I do apologize. Also, let me... We need a Twitch poll. Let's load that Twitch poll up while we wait for a few more people to get in here. But the question I'm asking is, what did you think of Ric Flair's last match? Not the match itself, but the full card. What? of rick flair's last match i want to know what you thought of the entire show not just the match the main event if you know what i mean yeah. right i didn't like it because we'll get into everything i thought as far as the show does go because i thought i mean i'll just say it right now i thought it was an average show at best nothing special nothing spectacular nothing Oh my God, like everything, even the flare match, I expected more out of, and maybe that's just me expecting too much. But with that, you are watching live. And I want to say thank you for watching right here, twitch.tv forward slash PW unlimited. If you're watching later, thank you for doing so. Already did that, Ethan. Ready did that, Ethan. You don't need to be my boss and tell me what I need to and not do. I hate when people do that. Come into my own chats or at me on Twitter. Hey, why didn't you do this? You needed to do that. I already did. I already did. Go to the YouTube community tab. We have 52 people that have voted so far, buddy boy. Twitch poll. I don't put up till more people jump in because Twitch only gives us X amount of time to have the poll up. So I want to make sure the most people possible can actually interact with the poll. That's why I never put the Twitch poll up right away. Because if that's the case, only like four people would be able to vote. Twitch poll only gives you 10 minutes. Unlike Twitter, that lets you put it up as long as you want. And YouTube, that never has an end to it. So that's why the Twitch poll never goes up right away. So, sorry for that. But I had a lot of people the last couple of days trying to tell me how to do my job. And it's kind of just hit that point where I'm like, fuck y'all. I do my job. I want to do my job. I ain't got no boss. I am the boss. So... I just hit a tipping point with people trying to tell me how to do my job. But I want to say thank you if you are watching here live on Twitch or if you're watching and listening later, whether that's YouTube.com or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. If you are watching live on Twitch, well, you can help us out a couple of different ways. Excuse me. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, you can take any Amazon Prime account, you link it to your Twitch account, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any which channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did so right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, it can be anybody's 
Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, your boyfriend, your boyfriend's boyfriend's mom, I don't know, whatever, whoever, be anybody's. Also remember, our, you can help us out on YouTube by hitting the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, you can get all of that, but more directly support us at patreon.com forward slash pwunlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether you're claiming the free games or trying to get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys because all their new WWE skins, well, it's going to ask you if you have a code, a creator code, and you do. It's right here, PWUnlimited. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout, whether that is on the Epic Game Store on your computer or the launchers for Fortnite and Rocket League on your Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo Switch. Because remember, John Cena is now in Fortnite. John Cena's now in Fortnite, and if you use code PWUnlimited when getting the V-Bucks to get Cena, well, you're supporting us right here. Also remember The Undertaker, Xavier Woods, and Asuka are in Fall Guys, and a rap, car wrap for The Undertaker, for Roman Reigns and John Cena are also in Fall Guys. No, Rocket League, Rocket League. It all blends together, it all blends together. But with that, as far as the show does go, as far as Ric Flair's last match, again, I didn't see, I literally saw the very end of the Bunkhouse Battle Royal where Matt's Warner won. That's all I saw. I literally saw the Emory eliminated Bully Ray. That's it. Matt's Warner gets the win. Eliminates Bully Ray. That's all I saw. Because I was watching the NASCAR race, and then I'm like, all right, let's see what stuff's up on Fight TV from StarCast. And then it said, Ric Flair's last match pre-show. And I go, oh, there's a pre-show? Whoopsie-daisy. Clicked it. And then I saw like the last two, three minutes of the Battle Royal, the Bunkhouse Battle Royal. So I didn't see any of that, unfortunately. But I saw everything else. Like when they gave Ric Flair a live, or Mick Foley a live mic, and he talked about how he's like, ah, I'm, it's great to be here. Too bad I'm not in the front row. I must not be as good as Al Snow or something like that. He's like, but second row is still good. Yet by the time Rick's match started, he was front row. He was front row with Undertaker, Michelle McCool, and um, Bret Hart. Uh, Foley then ended his little speech by saying, quote, I think I put one or two butts in some seats. He also looked at his son, Huey, and goes, um, I might get some heat for this. I shouldn't say it. Should I say what you told me just before they gave me the mic? He was like, say it. He's like, Huey told me this is better than SummerSlam last night. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. So as far as the show does go, there was a pre-tape from Bob Cottle who opened up the show and sent it to Tony Schiavone and David Crockett, who were the primary commentators for the show. They also said, we got Spanish commentary tonight, and they introduced Hugo Savinovich and Carlos Cabrera. And my first thought was, did Hugo bring his coke? Did Hugo bring his cocaine from, from Triple Mania? If you don't remember, every time they would cut the commentary, you would see... What looked like cocaine on the desk right in front of Hugo. Anyways, the opening match of the night was an impact dream match, they called it. It was the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, against the American Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. And the pairing of Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards here tonight made no sense. 
Last time I saw both of these guys, which was at Slammiversary, these fuckers were on the opposite teams fighting each other, hating each other, not liking one another. So I go, why would they want a team now all of a sudden? This makes no sense. Got to more join commentary for this is they had somebody representing each um like company that sent the match ish kinda join as the third man on commentary. So it took a bit for the Wolves to get in sync, and Scott Demora kept trying to cover for that, going, well, oh, they haven't been an active team in five years. They haven't really teamed together much in five years. They haven't done much in five years. Shelly took a lot of punishment from the Wolves once they established control. They also noted how, out of everybody in this match, Alex Shelley's the only one to not be a former world champion. And I go, whoa, where was Davey Richards, the world champion? I never looked it up, but I'm going to look it up right now. Is that... Where was Davey Richards the world champion? Um, let's see. Davey Richards, Davey Richards, Davey Richards, Davey Richards. Oh, I did not know that Davey Richards once won the ROH World Championship. All right. Cool. I did not know that. Learn something new every day, ladies and gentlemen. You'll learn something new every single day. Let's see. Davey Richards beat Eddie Edwards in 2011. Okay. Okay, again, I know that. Did not know that. Also, for being honest, I had no idea Edwards was the champion in ROH either. I had no idea Edwards won the ROH World Championship. I know he won the GC, uh, GHC and the Impact, but I didn't know he won the ROH. So, hey, learn something new every day. As far as the match does go, Saban. Ran in to make the save, but Edwards rolled him into a single-legged crab as Richards had Shelly in an ankle lock. They're like, double submissions. Both men are going to get hurt and injured. Saban got the hot tag eventually and hit both of the Wolves with the crossbody off the top. He then took Edwards down with a spinning DDT. Saban hit both Wolves with a dive to the floor. The match then broke down from here for a bit. Richards hit a backpack stunner on Shelly, and Edwards came off the top with a double foot stomp for a near fall. Saban caught Shelly with a cutter. The guns finished off Edwards with the skull and crossbones. It was like the hangman's neckbreaker crossbody combo. This got them the victory. And I thought it was a solid opening match. Nothing great or special, but I thought all four men worked really well together. There was a little, like I said, off sync by the Wolves early on, but then they were good. They were good. Next up was what they called an MLW showcase match. It was Killer Cross with Scarlet uh, Scarlet Bordeaux against Davey Boy Smith Jr. Also, the first match went 11 minutes. This next match went five minutes. And this match being five minutes really showed because I felt like nothing happened in this match. Smith and Cross went back and forth early. And Cross countered a European uppercut attempt with a backslide for a two at once. Cross got a choke but Smith countered with a roll-up attempt for a two. Cross hit a forearm to the back of the head and called. they called it the quickening. And he got the pinfall in and out of nowhere. Like, I felt like this match just ended. Like, my notes are even crap because I didn't write much because not much happened. I like, he hit, like, they called it. I said, what, I'll write it here for Batum. Cross hit a forearm to the back of the head that they called the quickening. And then just all of a sudden got the pinfall. In and out of nowhere. Yeah. This match didn't do it for me. 
Like this match was short, quick, and it just felt like all of a sudden they were just like, go to the finish. So then they go, oh, we got more well wishes for Ric Flair from some celebrities. Let's send it to those now. So they send it to video packages. And the first one says, Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler. And I'm like, oh, okay, these kind of celebrities. And then quickly cuts to Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Will Sasso, Doug Dillinger, and Lex Luger. We then had a five-way match that it went five and a half minutes. Again, this is another match that I felt like, literally, I'm watching the match. I walked into the kitchen to fill up my water bottle, which is now empty. And the match was over. I'm like, whoa, not much happened. So I rewound it to catch the last minute of the match. So if my notes suck here, it's because I literally walked away for a minute and the match was over. And Rick Bonnie was on commentary here and they said that the winner of this five-way gets a title shot for the Progress World Championship. It was... Always butcher his first name. Kanosuke Takeshita, Alan Angels, Nick Wayne, and Jonathan Gresham. So everyone got the opportunity to shine in this match. Takeshita got a near fall on Wayne after a blue thunder bomb, but Ken was broken up by Gresham. Angels and Wayne came off the top rope with a moonsault on Takeshita and Gresham on the floor. Angels went for the cover on Wayne, but Takeshita broke it up with a deadlift German suplex. Gresham and Angels exchanged a great series of near falls that ended with Gresham getting the O'Connor roll and picking up the victory. Just rolling them up and getting the win. Like, what? Kind of out of nowhere. Again, like the last match, felt like they just all of a sudden were going, 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 finish. That was it. And it was good action, but it just was short. And it literally felt like they were going, going, going. And then someone goes, time to go to the finish. And then they just finished. So, again, not much happened in that match. Which was the case for most of the matches tonight. Next up, we had a Legends match, I guess. The Legends Showcase, whatever they called it. It was Kerry and Ricky Morton against Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. representing the... Four Horsemen. Match went seven and a half minutes. Nick Aldis actually joined commentary, which was a shocker. Um, they showed a brief promo from the back. Pillman and Brock getting hyped up by Arn. See backstage a sign pointing out heel entrance. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like heels come from this side. Baby faces come from this side. So Pillman showed way more personality here. Wrestling as a heel than I think I've ever seen him do in AEW. And I think it was uh, Nick Aldis that goes, yeah, we're, we're seeing a new side to Brian Pillman Jr. here tonight. So, Ricky Morton faced off with Brock Anderson early. Ricky and Kerry hit Brock Anderson with a double drop kick to a huge pop from the crowd. The heels took control on uh, Kerry Morton with Anderson stomping on his arm and Pillman kicking his back. Pillman got a near fall after a Death Valley driver. Ricky got the hot tag, and when Anderson went to slam Ricky, Kerry drop-kicked Ricky into, uh, into Anderson for a near fall. Pillman hit Ricky Morton from behind, and Brock hit a gourd buster on the Elder Morton to pick up the victory. The heels pick it up here. Pillman Jr. and Arn Anderson. Also, I'm just going to say it. Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson seemed like a very, very well-oiled team. A better team 
than the Varsity Blondes. And that's the first time to my recollection that they've ever teamed together. And they seemed way better in this one match than, than freaking Pillman and Griff Garrison. Just the thought. Maybe Tony Khan make these two a team and make them... Eh, fuck it. Arn owns the trademark to the Four Horsemen. Make the new Horsemen. Don't even call them the Four Horsemen. Just call them the Horsemen. And it's Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Because these two looked better together as a team than I've ever seen of the Varsity Blondes. Next up, we had Ray Phoenix, Bandido, Black Taurus, and Laredo Kid in an 11-minute, 45-second match. This was the same match, basically, that they did at the last Triple Mania. But I always keep forgetting who it was that was in the match with them, because that was a five-way. Also, Taurus, Black Taurus, saved Bandito's life tonight. Saved Bandito's life tonight. I'm going to pull up a screenshot right here. Let me pull this up on the screen. Bandito goes for a dive at one point. And Black Taurus, if he does if Black Taurus would have caught Bandito one second later, half a second later, Bandito could have been paralyzed. I'm gonna pull this up here. Um oh screen. So here's the spot right here. I'm not gonna play the video because I'm not allowed to. But here's the thing. He goes for the dive. And he basically dives and goes down. Now, I get why he's diving the way he is. Because he dove like this so that he can turn his body into like a Code Red or whatever. Or Canadian Destroyer. But if Tor Black Taurus would have caught him half a second. One second later. Could have been really bad. Oh, that's not what I meant to happen. Could have been really bad. For Bandido. Like, really bad. Because he does the move. Right? He does the dive the way he does. Like a cannonball. Catches him. But then he can flip him over for Canadian Destroyer. Code Red, whatever you want to call it. As far as the match does go, Phoenix hit Bandito with a jumping cutter early on for a near fall. Bandito came back with a Torneo for another near fall. Laredo Kid cut off Phoenix. And squared off with Bandito. Bandito press slammed Laredo Kid. Bandito and Black Taurus squared off. And Bandito sent him out of the ring with the head scissors after a million rotations. Like, oh my god. Black Taurus is a great base. Black Taurus just stands there. And Bandito's just spinning all around his head. Just spinning around him. And then he goes down a little bit around the body. Spins around him. Then back up the head. Spins around him. Flirk around out of the ring. Like, oh fuck. I was dizzy watching it. Of course, then dominated. Everyone with his power. And he then hit all the men on the floor with a spinning uh, spinning flip through the ropes. Back in the ring, Phoenix caught Taurus with a super kick, but Taurus came back with a clothesline. Taurus got a near fall off of Bandito after a power slam. Laredo Kid and Taurus ended up on the top rope, and Taurus Gorilla pressed Laredo Kid off the top rope while standing on the top rope. Like, this looked cool. Bandito and Phoenix hit Taurus with a double super kick. Bandito hit Taurus with a code red on the floor, as we just talked about. And Phoenix came off the top rope with a springboard dive. Laredo Kid then hit a Torneo off the top rope onto everyone on the floor. Bandito came off the top rope with Laredo Kid in a blockbuster slam. 
um, on the floor onto Torres and Phoenix. Torres hit a pile driver onto Bandito, but Phoenix came off the top to break the, to break the near fall. Phoenix then got Torres up in a fireman's carry and dropped him in a sit-out fear factor to pick up the victory. Super fun match. If you're into these kind of... I could see where people wouldn't like this match. But if you're into these kind of cruiserweight, high-flying, move-move-move matches, it was good. Probably one of the better ones we've seen. Because we see a lot of these matches in AEW sometimes, and they don't hit well. But these guys, because they've worked so much together, it hit well. And it was basically the same match they did at Triple Mania. But... I'm trying to remember who was in that match with them. Ah, Vikingo. Vikingo, who for some reason can't get a visa to work in the United States. So next up, we had the Impact World Championship on the line. It was a 10-minute match. Jacob Fatu and Josh Alexander. I really liked the match until the what-the-hell finish. Like, the run-ins at the end made no sense for anything. But... The match we were getting between Fatu and Alexander was really good. Like, I really, really liked the base of the match. Tom Hannafan, who they called the voice of Impact Wrestling, was on commentary for this match. Fatu hit a standing Rana on Alexander early, then clotheslined him out of the ring from the apron. Oh, uh, no, in the ring from the apron. Fatu went to the top, but Alexander popped up and suplexed Fatu off the top rope. Fatu came off the top with a somersault cannonball at one point. Fatu hit a moonsault out of a handspring for another near fall. Alexander came back with a Northern Lights suplex for a near fall. I don't know why I read that weird. <laughs> Fatu did a double springboard moonsault for a near fall. Fatu charged the corner. Alexander moved and went for an ankle lock, but Fatu kicked Alexander away. Alexander picked up Fatu for a powerbomb and dropped him on his knees for a backbreaker. Fatu tried to go for a springboard, but Alexander caught him with a right hand and a right, and he went to the floor as the fight went to the floor. Fatu hit a twisting planche on Alexander. Fatu came off the top rope with a moonsault for another close near fall. Alexander hit a uh, series of rolling German suplexes. But Fatu came back with a pop-up Samoan drop, and both men went down for a nine count. As Alexander fought two, made it to their feet. All of a sudden, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, and Mark Sterling would jump into the ring and attack them, ending the match in a no contest. And they're like, these are the men from the Major Wrestling Figure Show. They got the podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. We heard Mark Sterling earlier today asking why he wasn't booked on the show. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Also, ain't Cardona supposed to be hurt? I guess Cardona's cleared? Commentary was confused by that as well. Alexander spiked Sterling with a double underhook pile driver before DDT would run in and gave Cardona a diamond cutter. DDP and Alexander celebrated. Fatu just kind of disappeared here. I like didn't see anything of him after the run-in. So, okay. Didn't really care for this. Like, I liked the match and where it was going, and then all of a sudden, Myers, Cardona, and Sterling run in to make, to end the match. Like, screw it. Where the frick was Swoggle? Where was Swoggle? You're going to be the full crew of the major wrestling figure, whatever. You need Swoggle. In the back, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry the King Lawler 
were preparing Jeff Jarrett for his match tonight. Lawler was full heel, and Lawler cut an excellent program and said, you know, Flair thinks he's the man and thinks he invented so many things, but who created the strut? Where'd the strut really come from? And Jared, Bo Jarrett's like, Jackie Fargo! The Fargo strut! Basically, Jerry Lawler was like, go out there and kill this man. Whip his ass. Next up, we had a seven and a half minute tag team match. It was Mark and Jay Briscoe against Marshall and Ross Von Erich. Again, Riccoboni was on commentary. This is the second match he did. Jay Briscoe hit both Von Erichs with a tope suicida, and Mark followed with a somersault springboard plancha using a chair as the springboard. Von Erichs caught Jay Briscoe in their corner for a little bit, but it didn't last too long as Mark got the tag. Mark hit a shotgun dropkick on Marshall, then caught Ross with an exploder suplex. Marshall cut off an attempt at the redneck boogie, and Marshall nearly got the pin with the, uh, with the claw hold. Jay dropped Ross with the hangman's neckbreaker, and Mark came off the top rope for the froggy bow. Basically a top rope level drop to get the pinfall victory. Short showcase match of the Briscoes. Again, like most of these matches, short, under 10 minutes for the most part, not much happening. Then we had our co-main event of the night in a nine and a half minute, uh, nine minute, 15 second match or so. It was Jordan Grace defending the Impact Knockouts Championship against Rachel Ellering and Diana Perrazzo. And unfortunately, Rachel Ellering injured like 30 seconds into this match, but kudos to her. Wrestled the entire match hurt. So, they're going. And I didn't write it down per se because I was kind of confused by everything going on. But it was basically Rachel Ellering ran over to try and scoop up Deanna Prazo for like a roll-up or whatever. But then as she was doing that, Jordan ran over and grabbed her in a roll-up. And when she went to roll-up Rachel, Rachel's ankle got caught under the body of Jordan Grace and rolled, twisted. She got over for the pin and then immediately had to get out of the ring. Doctors had to check on her. Her ankle got twisted all the wrong kind of way, folded up. So we're sitting here and we're thinking, oh crap, is she done? Is this a singles match? But no. Grace and Deanna do a couple spots. Rachel gets back into the ring. You could see how bad she's hurting and then completes the match. Grace dominates Ellering and got a near fall off of a Vader bomb. Brazel came off the top of the crossbody onto Grace for a near fall. Ellering hit a flying forearm in the corner and a fisherman's driver on Grace for a near fall. Commentary really was giving um, Ellering kudos here because they're like, Ellering literally just had to run the entire, you know, length diagonally of the ring. And she's doing that with a hurt ankle. Brazel hit a standing moonsault on Grace at one point for a near fall. Ellering caught Grace with a boot, but came back with a spine buster. Perrazzo locked an arm bar on Ellering, but Grace locked in the rear naked choke on Perrazzo. Grace set up Perrazzo for a superplex, and Ellering powerbombed Grace down at the same time. Ellering caught Grace in a spinning boss man slam and got a near fall off of it. At this point, the commentators stopped talking about the match, and the crowd wasn't really into it. The women were still working really well. Grace hit a Grace driver for a near fall, but Ellering rolled her up for a crucifix for a near fall. Grace rolled out of the crucifix and caught Ellering in a renaked choke. Ellering then had no choice but to tap out. So there we go. 
Rachel Ring taps out. Jordan Grace retains the belt. We then see Mick Foley's been upgraded to the front row. He's sitting next to The Undertaker and Michelle McCool and one of their daughters, who are also sitting next to Wendy Barlow, Ric Flair's wife, I guess, I think, partner, Rick's daughter, Megan, Conrad Thompson. So it's like five minutes past the top of the hour. If even that, when the entrances start for this match. In the match itself, Ric Flair's final match, Ric Flair and Andrade Alitalo against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett was a lot of stalling. A lot of stalling. So Jay Lethal makes his way out to the ring, just does a normal, I'm getting down to the ring, cool, whatever entrance. But Jeff Jarrett had to put all the attention on him. So Jarrett and, and Karen walk out. Jeff and Karen walk out. And Jeff walks over to commentary, knocks all their papers off their desk. Karen knocks the hat off of a fan in the front row. They're walking down the ramp, and they look over at a fan, and they start talking crap. They look over the other side, and Jarrett really starts talking crap with another fan. He then goes to walk away, and then he gets back in the fan's face, and he grabs the fan's beer, and he squeezes the can, and he shakes all the beer out or whatever, and he gets back up in the fan's face, and I'm like, fucking Jarrett's going to lose his cool and hit this fan with the goddamn guitar. But he didn't. Andrade then makes his way out to the ring, doesn't get in the ring, before Ric Flair makes his way out. Also during this time, they showed that Kid Rock was in the in the audience. Not with the chick from last night, though. They weren't making out of Ric Flair's final match. More on Kid Rock later. So again, the match itself goes 26, almost 27 minutes. Rick comes out, gets a great ovation, everything. Doug Dillinger was at ringside doing security during Jarrett's entrance. And Jeff, at one point during his entrance, forgot to mention this, shoved Conrad Thompson, who was standing up at ringside. So Ric Flair wore a white robe and the big gold belt. The robe was synonymous of his old big white robe, which this one just looked like, you know, you're wearing dad's two-timed oversized robe. For some reason, it just looked way too big on Rick. And they said that this big gold belt was the first ever big gold belt. And it's actually owned by Conrad Thompson. So, Flair also wrestled in a blue cutoff t-shirt. It said Nature Boy on the back. WCW announcer David Penzer did the announcing. And Mike Chioda was the initial referee for this match. Flair and Jarrett started out. And for the first five to ten minutes, it felt like they had a directive of, don't touch Rick more than like poking him. Jarrett quickly tags in Lethal. Lethal and Flair exchange side headlocks and a takedown. Lethal worked Flair into the corner and slapped him. Flair slapped him right back and knocked him down. Lethal then said, tag him in. I want him. So in comes Andrade. He basically was like, oh, you want me? And he springboarded up, bounces off the top rope, and then lands in the ring. And commentary goes, Whoa! Lethal and Andrade go at it, and they go at it very well. Like, these two worked very well together. Lethal and Andrade traded forearms. Jared eventually got the hot tag and looked great against Andrade as well. Andrade, the star of the show, as far as making everybody here look good. And, I mean, he doesn't have to make Jay Lethal look good, or Jeff Jarrett for that matter, because Jeff Jarrett's still got it. Jeff Jarrett's still got it, I believe. Anyways, Flair tags back in to work against Jarrett. 
and Jarrett taunted Flair with the Fargo strut. Flair returned the favor, and the crowd popped huge. Flair worked Jarrett into the corner with a series of chops. Lethal tried to interfere, and Flair caught him with a low blow. Jarrett dropped to the floor and teased leaving, but broke the referee's count. Back in the ring, Andrade backed Lethal into the corner, and Flair choked him down in, uh, in a chin lock. Flair chopped Lethal down to the, into the corner, basically dedicating the last one to The Undertaker. More chops from Flair to Lethal. Jarrett caught um, Andrade with a knee from the outside. Lethal came off the top with the axe handle onto Andrade. Lethal hit his hip toss cartwheel dropkick sequence on Andrade and blew Flair a kiss. Andrade uh, countered a suplex attempt to do a crossbody. And he basically landed on freaking uh, Jarrett's face with the crossbody. And then, so Jarrett's fighting and fighting and fighting and finally tags in Jay. But then as the referee's literally looking at Jay Lethal, looking at Jeff Jarrett and looking at Andrade laying on the mat, Rick just gets into the ring. Sorry, I punched the microphone. Rick just gets into the ring and is like, I'm the legal man now. I'm the legal man now. And Andrade just rolls out. And the ref never says or does anything. I'm like, what? Come on. Come on. Rick don't have to follow the rules. So, where was I? Um, Flair just comes in and starts chomp, chopping both Lethal and Jarrett. Flair caught Lethal coming off the top with the chop as well, but Lethal, and then put Lethal in the figure four. Jarrett broke it up and sent Flair to the floor. On the floor, Flair got, uh, no, Jarrett got his wife's shoe. I don't know why, what Flair hit Flair. <laughs> Jarrett hit Flair with his wife's shoe, Karen's shoe, just like they did in the second episode of the docuseries. Megan Flair, the wife of Conrad Thompson, Char uh, Charlotte's older sister, Rick's oldest daughter, grabbed Karen Jarrett by the hair and was holding her from the other side of the barricade. Like, no, don't mess with my dad. Don't get involved. Don't da -da -da -da. Conrad then also looked irritated while Flair got worked over and got busted open by Jarrett. So, I mean, they couldn't get Charlotte, even though Rick said, all my kids are here. Yet, they Charlotte couldn't be seen by the cameras, I guess. She wasn't sitting in the ringside. I thought maybe WWE would allow Charlotte to come down and like do a spot to Karen. Nope. Nope. Back in the ring, Jarrett went after Flair, who was bleeding. Jarrett set Flair up for something off the turnbuckles, but Flair thought better of it. Lethal. Because it looked like, I literally thought they were going to superplex Rick off the top, and then they pulled him down, and Lethal just does a regular suplex to Flair. Andrade breaks up the, uh, the pin. Jarrett then put Flair in the figure four, and Andrade comes flying off the top rope onto Jarrett to break up the figure four. Uh, he breaks it up, and then Lethal dumped him to the floor. Andrade, that is. Lethal then came off the top rope with an elbow drop, but Flair got out of the way. Andrade and Jarrett got tags, and Andrade took the fight to both Jarrett and Lethal. He would suplex Jarrett, and superplex Lethal onto Jarrett. No, suplex, not superplex. Andrade then tossed Lethal to the floor, then caught Jarrett with a DDT in the middle of the ring, from the middle rope. 
Lethal hit Jarrett with a super kick at one point, then hit the referee with a super kick as well. Andrade caught Lethal with the Poison Rana and tagged in Rick, who at this point could, couldn't even walk. Was so gassed, so out of it. He was rolling, crawling around the ring. Andrade missed a slingshot plant on the outside because Karen Jarrett moved Jeff at the last second. Flair went for the cover on Lethal, but there was no referee to count. Jarrett brought in his guitar, and Lethal stood up uh, Flair. Right as Jarrett was swinging the guitar, which we saw this coming a mile away, Andrade grabs Rick, pulls him out of the way, and Lethal takes the guitar shot. Andrade's then in the ring, and he's calling for something at ringside when Conrad Thompson apparently throws Andrade brass knucks. Andrade puts him on and then goes, no, no, no. Takes him off, and he goes over to Rick. He's like, Rick, you need to put on the brass knucks. And then Rick puts the brass knucks on, and then they fall off his hand. Andrade then helps Rick to his feet, and then Rick puts the brass knucks on. He's standing there. Ugh, punches Jarrett with the knucks. Jarrett falls right down. He puts Jarrett in the figure four, and they're like, we need a ref, we need a ref, we need a ref. Another ref runs down. And this was just the worst pin you've ever seen. Like, why did this have to be a pin? Jeff wouldn't tap? Literally, Rick locks in the figure four. Hold on. And, uh, hangman page here is Jeff Jarrett. My hands are the ring. Rick locks in the figure four as Jarrett's like struggling like this, like almost laying down, but not. And as soon as Rick locks in the figure four, Jarrett just goes, won't shoulders down one, two, three. Didn't try to kick out. Didn't nothing like the figure four all of a sudden killed him. Like he's fighting to not get the figure four. And then all of a sudden Rick hits the figure four and he's just like, eh. I'm down. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm like, what? Ref counts one, two, Three. Like, what? Come on. Come on. Jarrett wouldn't tap, so they had to do a shitty-ass pin like that. If that was the case, then what they should have done was Rick gets him in the figure four. He can't get Jarrett to tap. Jarrett's fighting it. He then hits Jarrett again with the brass knucks, and then just a regular pin. Why couldn't they have done a regular pin? Or not done the first brass knuck spot and saved it. And then, I don't know. I'm being too overcritical. But as soon as the bell rings, confetti falls from the sky. More confetti than you've ever seen in your goddamn life. Not true, Magma Lord. Not true. They're not separated. Actually, they never actually got married. It was a commitment ceremony, not a wedding. But they are, they are together. They're fine. Wendy wouldn't have been there if they're separated. Wendy wouldn't have been with Rick all weekend if they're separated. Wendy wouldn't have been sitting on the stage for the roast if they were separated. Trust me. He's basically his wife, but not legally. Took a Fetty falls from the sky and Tony Schiavone goes, all right, I'm going to leave this to you, David. I got to go to ringside. Go bloody Ric Flair. Thank you to Jack Dawson for the bit donation. Really do appreciate that. Bloody Ric Flair with a smile on his face is crying. He goes over to Wendy. Kind of wants to hug him, but doesn't want to hug him. Megan kind of the same way, and then Conrad, whatever. Like, kind of like high-five, hug, deal. He then goes over to The Undertaker, Mick Foley, and Bret Hart and gets congratulations from them as well. You then hear the floor director. Oh, I need the talent. Send the talent out to surround Rick. Send the talent. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
So everybody who worked the show ran down really fast to be at ringside when Rick gave his speech. Which was weird that it wasn't in the ring. Like, I guess they just felt Rick couldn't get back in the ring. He was gassed. Because soon as the match ends, Andrade walks over to Rick. Rick's laying on the ground. Andrade says something to Rick. And you see on Rick's, you see Rick mouth, I'm going to pass out. Rick literally tells Andrade, I'm going to pass out. I'm like, oh. So, Tony Schiavone interviews Ric Flair at ringside. Flair thanks the fans for coming and complimenting Nashville as the greatest wrestling city in the world. He then said that if I didn't have enough pressure on me tonight, Kid Rock came into my, uh, my locker room before the match and said, hey, entertain me. He's like, if that's not pressure, what is? Flair then said that everything you've ever heard about me is true. And after this tonight, I'm going to go downtown and party with Kid Rock. Flair was then handed the big gold belt one last time. Kind of. He like kind of grabbed it and then handed it right back. He then had a moment with Kid Rock as Kid Rock came up to the barricade. And we got him and Andrade walking up the ramp. And so... I don't know what was going on here, but like him and Andrade walk up the ramp and Andrade's got this bottle of water in his hand for Rick. I don't know. Like he took a swig of it, whatever. And he's like, they turn around at the middle part of the ramp, part of the ramp. And he's like, Rick, Rick. And so Rick goes back down the ramp and starts fist bumping all the wrestlers at ringside. And this guy, one of the referees, I guess it was, keeps trying to hand Rick the big gold belt. He keeps trying to hand Rick the big gold belt. Rick ain't taking it. Rick then walks back up to Manny Andrade and they walk up the ramp, and finally the guy gives the belt to Andrade. And Andrade tries to hand it to Rick, and he's, like, not listening or whatever. He's kind of just looking around. And then he's like, Rick, pose with the belt. And Andrade's telling him. Like, Andrade is freaking, like, telling Rick how to walk at this point. He's like, Rick, you need to do this. Rick, do that. Rick, this. Rick, that. Rick, this, this, this. Like, he is kudos, brother. Finally, Rick's got the belt, and he's kind of posing with the belt. And then Jay Lethal appears on the stage. He just drops the belt, hugs Jay, and literally, this is the last thing we see before it quickly cuts to credits. This is the last exact moment of the broadcast before it cuts to the credits. It is literally Ric Flair going for a hug on Jay Lethal. After all of that, he just hugs Lethal. On the stage. What? Come on. Kayfabe, brother. You know what I mean? Kayfabe, brother. I can't do it because my voice is all fucked up, but you know what I mean. He ain't hugging Jarrett. At least not in front of a crowd. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, was Ric Flair's last match. Not just Ric Flair's last match, but a whole card dedicated to Ric Flair's last match. I thought overall the show was... Okay, nothing great, nothing spectacular, nothing really stand out. I am kind of interested to see where the whole run-in thing leads with Josh Alexander. Is Cardona going to come back to Impact and challenge her for the belt? Well, if not, then that made no sense, or it was just to get DDP on the show to do a spot. But hey, also, kudos. That means Cardona's probably most likely cleared. So, but ladies and gentlemen, that. Ric Flair's last match but with that that's everything I thought of the show now it's time to see what you guys thought of the show let's check the polls remember you can also text in 
510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Um, got no text messages, but we do got some polls to talk about. We've got, let's see, as far as the Twitch poll does go, 50% liked the show, 38% did not like the show, and 12, per, no, 38% thought it was just all right, and 12% did not like the show. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 47% did not like it, 29% liked it, and 23% thought it was just all right. And as far as YouTube poll, let's refresh that really fast. 52% thought the show was just all right. 25% liked it and 23% didn't. Read some comments here. This person says, I didn't give a damn if the match was good or bad. I still enjoyed myself. Ric Flair said at the ending, uh, what Ric Flair said at the end was really good to me. I'm aspiring. I'm aspiring to be a pro wrestler and this guy is a big inspiration to me and the entire wrestling business. Also, I think at one point, Tony Schiavone told Rick, I don't care what anybody else says, you are the greatest professional wrestler that's ever lived. You get another person with the, I didn't watch. Okay, then don't fucking comment. Another, I didn't watch. I was watching the Kurt Angle documentary. This person says, it was a flare match. Or says it was uncomfortable to watch. Come on, people. That's so many I didn't watch comments. Like, then don't, Really? Really? I didn't watch. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. There's literally one, two, four. I didn't watch comments. Really? Come on, guys. Then just don't comment. Then just don't comment. But with that, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap up our review of the Ric Flair's last match. Um, unowned ego ego panda. Thank you for the follow. Says, which recommend no Charlotte Undertaker was surprising tonight. Yeah, I didn't expect to see Undertaker there. I really didn't. But they put him front row. I thought there was going to be a point where Rick gets busted open and Taker gets involved and takes out Jared or something. I literally thought Taker was going to get involved by like knocking out Jeff Jared or something. I kind of had a a thought, but it didn't happen. What that guy's want to say? Oh, we got one text message. This person says, "What do you think of Ric Flair's retirement match overall?" Eh, nothing spectacular, nothing to, to note really. Other than the way the pin went down was kind of weird. Jared just literally went, "Ugh, pin me, brother." With that, that's gonna wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining me here, Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Thank you for, if you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash processing Unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. But we'll be live back right here, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited tomorrow morning for the wrestling wrap-up, talking all the news in professional wrestling. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Sunday night. I'm going to go watch the Kurt Angle A&E documentary. I'm going to go watch the Rivals episode, Kurt Angle and Ric Flair. And I'm going to go watch some Big Brother. i got a night ahead of me. So with that, guys, have a great night. Have a good one. See you next time.